0: I would like to thank my sponsors, Maggie Flores with Southern Blues Boutique and Jessica Espinoza with Jessica's Crafty Creations. They both can do some very nice work. So y'all go like and follow their page and please support small businesses.
1: Yes, I am. How's it going?
0: I'm doing good. You doing all right?
1: Yes, doing good.
0: Okay, we'll jump right in it. I want to welcome everybody to episode 27 of Levi's Youth Sports Talk. And this week we got somebody from the South Texas, from Laredo, Texas, went to LBJ High School, went to Laredo College, Eastern New Mexico. I, I, that's right?
1: Yes, correct.
0: And Tammy U, and now she's a volleyball coach for Laredo Juniors, and she also coach at Alexander High School. I want to welcome everybody, Tanya Castro, to the show.
1: Thank you, thank you so much for having me. Um, I mean, I think it means a lot to the sports world to know and you know get to learn from all cultures. I mean, I'm I'm not sure um, who your target audience is, but again, thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh yeah, no problem. Um, no, nah, I mean you 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 are uh, a uh, former player, now coach. I mean, you coach a different sport, but. I mean, this just people can hear. I know some people let their kids listen too. So, and since you was a a former player, you know, I thought I can we can hear from from your point of view.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Okay. But if you wanna if you wanna start off, you know, with your upbringing, you know, what sports you played growing up down in South Texas in the heat over there, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: This 110 degree weather. <laughs>
0: right.
1: um, it's it's not easy. It's not easy being a softball player down here in South Texas. Um, well, again, yes. My name is Tania Castro. I go by T now. Most people know me as T. Um, I started playing softball at around the age of four. No, yeah, I was the age of four. It, it kind of just started. You know, the the president of the league was trying to look for for athletes any anyone at that point um and my mom could only afford to pay two to three players But he was like we need the numbers we need people so she's like look I have an, a younger daughter she wants to play she knows the game um and he's like no like she'll go in for free don't worry about it well, we'll we're giving deals right now so that's kind of how it started you know and my older sisters were kind of um just starting to play and I would just kind of see and learn, see and learn because my dad would put so much time into them. Obviously, you know, they were they were the older ones.
0: Yeah.
1: I was still playing T ball at the time. Um, and then as the years went on, it kind of became like a a thing, like, oh, who's gonna be the better sister? Who's gonna be who's gonna be the best one out of the out of the four? At the time we were four, we eventually became six siblings. Um, but growing up, you know, for 10 years I was a baby. So the time I was like who's going to be the best of the four the best of the four and we just became so passionate about the sport because it was something we would do as a family so my both my parents were like the coaches at at one point i was like the batter the i would go pick up the bats and stuff like help them check <laughs> balls cuz i was too young um, to play with my older sisters and then well my my parents created a team off of cousins also off of close family friends and um it, it, it just became our, our usual Saturday nights, you know, Friday nights. Um, during the week, we would practice and stuff like that. And um, eventually, I I guess I got seen by coaches. And it was when travel boss barely became a thing back here in Laredo. Because it, it was a thing, obviously, out there. Laredo's um, very backtracked when it comes to sports. You know, we're not, we're not up to date. Um, on a lot of things. So travel ball came around when I was, I would say, 11 years old. And this coach came up to my dad and was like, we want your daughter to play. We want your daughter to play. Again, at this point, we were we were six kids. Um, both mom and dad worked a lot to, to try to provide. Um, we were, I, I guess you can consider us low income kids. So it was like, either we pay for groceries or we pay for her to go to the tournament obviously we were going to pay for groceries right which like, we all understood and completely under- um, understood and we were like no like we can't travel we're not that kind of you know um softball players right now because mon- money wise we didn't have the money mm-hmm. um and then as as it went on maybe like a month later they're like no we need her we need her and my dad's look like, My dad told him, like, look, the kid's there, she she can go. But honestly, I'm going to be very honest with you, Uh, money isn't there. Like, money is what's holding her back. And the coach was like, no, don't, like, we're going to pay for this. We're going to pay for that. We're going to pay for this. Honestly, you can just provide for her meals. And that's what it was, you know. And then we would fundraise, and that's how I would go to tournaments. Um, and I think that's where I kind of just developed a lot more as a player. You know, obviously the more you touch a ball, the more reps you get, the better as a player you become. The more you see a ball every at bat helps you grow. Um, and I just developed. And then my sister started playing softball at OBJ High School. We we are we all are actually alumni from there. Um and it's a it's a school in the south. Um I think my sister's first year, Jasmine, I'm referring to Jasmine. She's class of 2012. Um, Her freshman year being 08, I would say, they went like 0 and 20. And then her second year, they went like 2 and, you know, 18. And it just goes on like that until her senior year that they went like 12 and 13. They missed missed it by one game. They missed playoffs by one game. Man. Yeah. So it was starting to grow. You know, my sister was Jasmine was a senior. My sister uh, Maria was a junior. And then my other sister was a freshman that year Mm -hmm. when, you know, the the game was developing. Um, And then my sister Maria's senior year was the first time LBJ ever made it to playoffs. And they had a great season. I mean, completely, you know, went from being two and 20 that that first season when our older sister went in to being the other way around, can't remember really the records, but they ended up going deep into the playoffs, you know, and really truly put OBJ on the map. At this point, I'm 13 years old. And obviously you're like living your sisters, you know, you, you get into it. The more you're around Mm -hmm. softball, the more you're around high school softball, you're like, I want to go to that school and I want to be like that player. And you start, envisioning yourself and where they're going to plug you in and you know stuff like that so my freshman year I was like I'm ready to pitch I'm ready to pitch because I was a pitcher <laughs> um, growing up but reality tech I was not the best pitcher obviously I mean I, I, could, I could probably handle my own but definitely not as a freshman mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> my freshman year you know we we still did a good job Um, It was not until my sophomore, I think we went back deep into the playoffs and and it just kind of progressed from there, you know, and it was, it was huge for us. I mean, as a family, you know, the coaches there always told us like, you guys mean so much to this program, like everything you all did, sacrifice, time, um, it meant so much to our program. And, you know, we, we took a lot of pride in that, especially because it's again, a low income school. Um, it's down there in the South. You know, a lot of us, we come, again, from low-income families. And to us, going to practice was like an our outlet. Like, we're going to go to practice. We're going to forget that maybe today we won't have a meal on our table. But guess what? We have practice and we get to play with each other. And yeah. We get to practice yeah. with each other, you know? And and I think a, a lot of the times, a lot of people don't see that part. You know, they don't see everything that every kid has to deal with, you know? And, and we, all, we all had our individual problems, but when we stepped on that field, it was like, let go of all of that play, ball out. It was all heart, <clears throat> And I really think OBJ gave me that platform, you know, to eventually become a collegiate softball player, aside from obviously all the background we have, um, going way back to when I was four years old, when I got into the, le- the league for free. You know, and I found, I found something I was very passionate about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so then from there, uh, scouts came about. And I was actually getting recruited for volleyball at the time. <clears throat> I got a couple offers. And, I mean, at the end of the day, it all comes down to money. When, when you're looking for the school, you obviously, again, as a low-income kid, you get financial aid and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. you're trying to find a way not to pay school. That's the yeah. ultimate goal, I think, as an athlete.
0: That's one goal.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, try to get school paid for and continue your athletic career. So as I, I was, you know, weighing out my options, mom, what do you think here? What do you think there? She's like, well, look, this is what we can help you with. It's not much. But I think we can pay your gas if you go. Like, or maybe <laughs> we can pay your phone. And I'm like, okay, but meals, room, board, you know, like all these all these other things, Um, that, you know, people don't take account into when, when you're like picking schools. So I ended up staying here at home, LC Laredo college, um, coach Lansford reached out. She's like, look, this is what we want for you. This is what we're going to offer. Um, and I was like, I don't have to pay anything and I'm going to get money back. So (laughs) I was like, yes, I'm there. I'm, I'm for it. And it's two years of my education. And then from there, you can see if you want to transfer out, if you want to continue playing or where you're at. So at the time, I mean, I, I started working at H-E-B. So I was a, a bagger. And then I eventually became a cashier at H-E-B. Um, I would go to school full time. And I was a softball player at the time. Um, and this is just so my parents never, like I never asked my parents during college, like not even for 20 bucks. I was just like, mom, like, um, just go watch me play or I had this final and, and that's just who I was. I, I still am as a kid. I, I've never reached out to my parents, but they've done enough and, and I'm very g- grateful and I'm very blessed for that. Um, So then I started my, my college career, my freshman year. Oh my gosh. at Root awakening part two. <laughs> um, I, I had a lot of trouble fielding, ground balls I mean I was a catcher in high school and then they they transitioned me to become a second baseman um and I mean it's it's stuff that you it's routine kind of stuff but it's at a whole other level you know it's it's a lot faster um we I was in the toughest division one juco um and it it was crazy like I I felt I was like I kind of suck (laughs) <laughs> you know, and I was starting, but I was like, I think I suck. Like, I, yeah, and I, I would, that. I would go out there and have all the confidence in the world, but I kind of felt like I sucked deep down, you know, and my batting average had never been like below 300. And I think at, at some point it was like at a 250, I was like, wow, like humbled, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, coach, coach Lansford was like, you're great. Like you're doing a great job. She She's a great coach. I, I admire her a lot. Her her coaching style is um uh, it's great it's one to admire and um from there and my sophomore year we i mean we progressed again l c was a starting program it was probably the fifth year my sophomore year. fifth year the program was was still up and running and um and that year I just bawled out completely like it was crazy, i think we were maybe 10 games into conference and I had already had like 20 stolen bases. I was leading the conference in batting average. Um, I had very little errors. I think in conference I had zero up, up to that point, but in in the season play I, I had a good like six or seven. So it was, it was very minimal. I was leading off. Um, very different the the year before. I was the ninth batter. Sometimes I would I would feel excited because I was I was in the eighth lap. Um, <laughs> so it completely turned around, you know. And um, I finished off that year, and it, I mean it was great. So after that, that got me a lot of attention. I had an offer to Lamar Lamar University, Saint Mary's University, um, and Eastern. I think there was, I I can't remember if there was more, but those three stood out a lot and it was, it it came again down to money. And what are you going to do now? You're going to leave out of, out of town, out of state. Um, Are you going to, you know, like be able to provide or keep working? How's your coach going to take that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So all that kind of came into play and Eastern New Mexico the, the scholarship I received was covering a lot of my school, um, and I felt, okay, well, I guess this is the best fit, you know, it kind of suits my needs, I think I would, you know, impact the program, and so that's how I ended up at Eastern, um, and I mean, that that's a whole different, that's a whole different deal, this is now Division II, um, softball Mm -hmm. very different we wake up at 5 a.m go to workouts go to class go to practice go to individuals go to study hall come out go to batting practice and then you get to go home so (laughs) i'm talking about 5 a.m to like 9 p.m kind of days I mean, I'm used to like now I could say those are the kind kinds of days I have as a coach. But as an athlete, you know, I was just like, wow, like this is a lot. This is a lot. This is a lot. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, it, it was worth it. At, during my time at New Mexico, um, that's when COVID hit. So everybody kind of went home. When I came home, I was like, you know what? I think it's time I hang up my cleats. Cause I'm not passionate about this anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, I'm over there and I'm doing my thing. And every time I touch a softball, I ball up because that's just the athlete in me. That's the competitor in me. But I don't think I feel passionate about it. Like the way I did last year, which was my sophomore year at LC. And so I just kind of like, eh, we'll see if we go back. And then we kind of just never went back because of COVID. So that, that kind of just did it for me. I transferred to TAMIU, um, hung up my cleats. That was it. I finished my career, my, uh, not my career, my education. And to a month after, I think maybe like three weeks after I graduated, I, I was very fortunate to find a job. And now I coach at Alexander.
0: That's, yes, yeah, you know, just, I mean, knowing you, so, you know, following you and, and, like just now hearing it from you and it's like, cause you know, just seeing from the outside looking in and it's like, dang, that's, it's just a good story, right? Just yeah, you're through your, your down, you started off from the bottom and, and now look, you uh freaking high school volleyball coach. Like, you know what I mean? That,
1: yeah. Like
0: that's a real good story at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. And I, th- I think it's very easy to see it from the outside and be like, oh, she's very, she's very lucky. She's very lucky. She's very lucky. Um, I think we kind of mask a lot of our situations and we never truly put them out there. You know, we, we mm-hmm. I mean, we always tell people we're, we come from a very humble home, like very humble beginnings. Um, but it's not until we start talking about it that people are like, oh my gosh, like you really were very humble. You really, well, you had to be very humble, you know? Um and even, even till today, my parents always, always, um, they instilled that in us. You know, you, you stay humble, you keep working hard, you know, no matter, no matter how far you get or how up there you are, don't forget where you came from. And, and it's something I take a lot of pride in, especially now that I'm coaching at a an, at North an school. And a lot of people will ask, like, and hey, where are you from, coach? Where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from the South Side. I'm from LBJ. Like, I'm a South Side kid. Like, you want to know ghetto? I'm, You know, like, you can take me out of the ghetto, but you can't take the ghetto out of me kind yes.
0: of thing. LBJ. And and I, I found that out. You know, for me, when we moved there, it was just not really knowing the background on all the different high schools. Because yeah. at first, when I moved there, I didn't even think Laredo had so many schools there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once I started playing basketball there and everybody was just start talking about all these high schools and I'm like dang this is it's really like a a small city to have so many high schools in such a small such a small place
1: yeah and I don't refer just just to be very clear about this I don't refer to OBJ being ghetto because honestly it's it's not
0: it's no it's it's, not but I'm saying
1: like the south side thing like being from the south it it you know, the, it has that kick to
0: it. Yeah. It has that kick to yeah. it. I mean, and, and um, that's pretty much in, in every town, too.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Um, but, yeah, you know, like, I, I grew up a bunch around a bunch of, like, a bunch of people like me. You know, we were rasa. That's 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 the better word to use, raza. Um, and it's just, like, people that are like, all right, I don't have a car. I'm going to bike. <clears throat> I don't have a bike. I'm going to run. I can't run. I'm going to walk kind of thing. You know, you just figure things out. Um, And I'm very blessed because now that I'm, I'm older and I find myself in situations that I'm like, how am I going to do it? How am I going to do it? That part of me, that's a part of me. And it like nothing's ever like, oh, okay, I can't do anything about it. There's always something I can do about it. Mm -hmm. You know? So, I mean, I'm very, again, very proud of where I came from. I'm very proud of you know, my roots and those humble beginnings, because they, till this day they come back and they're like, remember this. And remember the adversity you went through and remember when you felt you couldn't and you did, or even just saying like, remember when your mom was at, in this position in her life and she still got all of you through school. She still did this kind of thing, you know, and same for my dad. Um, he, they've both been working for, for a long time now. Um, 17 i think they they started working and they haven't stopped and it was to get us through school and they made sure we all got our education and here we are now you know very very proud of my sisters and i for for yeah. seeing that and wanting better
0: yeah, Not that yeah. We weren't, we
1: weren't, you know
0: but wanting
1: better for ourselves
0: yeah yeah what so um Speak on you said the, the difference like the changes in all your stats from your freshman year of um college to the sophomore year. What what changed? Was it your work ethic or or it just you just snapped out of it?
1: I think um, it was one, I mean, my work ethic was there my freshman year, but I was very confused towards the coaching. The coaching style, like, oh, she wants me to do it like this, or she wants me to do it like this. And I, I mean, I'm a player, I'm a team player, you know, I, I buy in and I'm like, yes, yes. But I really, truly didn't understand what I was doing, you know, or for what reason, or like, why are we doing this kind of thing? And um, it wasn't until I started seeing the game, like, I sat back and I started seeing the game like my coach did. And I was like, oh, it's all clicking, it's all clicking. So now I was working on things and kind of making those adjustments myself um, and being like, no, well, coach said to do this, and this is why. And now I can explain it to somebody else. And, be, and they'd, they'd be just as confused as I was my freshman year, right? But mm-hmm. after I, I saw it from the outside and kind of just like, okay, kind of watched film and kind of saw this, um, I was like, I get it. I, I understood the game a little bit more. Mind you, in Laredo, you don't have a lot of a lot of pitchers. Like as far as my hitting, I will say that in Laredo, you don't have a lot of pitchers that would throw um, screwballs, um, backdoor curves, curves. You know, they not a lot of balls that are have movement at all. You know, we we would see maybe one or two pitchers that that had those kind kinds of pitches and the rise ball and all of that. My freshman year, I didn't know what I was looking at. I don't know. I was like, "What did she just throw that ball?" Started on the outside, came back in on me. I'm like, "What is she doing?" Like, I would freak out. Like, am I really missing the ball? Because I'm seeing it, but it's just moving on me, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until you know with time, like I said, every at bat makes you better. Every at bat built up to that. Every at bat, my freshman year, every strikeout I had because I struck out a lot. I kind of, I again, I sucked. I had a 250.
0: Yes.
1: Uh, not that a two hundred and fifty is bad for anybody out there that has a two hundred and fifty.
0: Yeah,
1: on my end. Um, for
0: you, so that's personal. That's personal. Personally,
1: like that showed me a lot, um, and and then when I got to when I I finally saw like oh this is this, because it's a backdoor curve and there's this and it does this to you and you know I sat down and like went on YouTube how to hit as a slapper. Hit a curveball. How do I hit this? And how do I, how do I get on top of a rise ball? And it it just became like stuff like that. So then my best friend was a pitcher. My best friend, my sophomore year, um, she was an incoming freshman, great pitcher from Southwest. Um, and she she taught me a lot. She was a great hitter too. So she taught me a lot. She taught me a lot about her pitches. I would catch a bullpen for her just so I could see like, okay, this is what that, that pitch does. And she'd be like, I'm throwing my curve. Like, okay. You know, and I'm just catching for her, but that helped me see the ball. Like, Oh, this is the, the spin. And this is how you have to hit it. Now I get it. So it kind of just came from that, being a student of the game, um, trusting the process, you know, staying, on, staying on course, um, you know, and just kind of a lot of confidence, you know, you have to build up that confidence. I was, I was a captain that year. So I was like, I have to go, like, how are you going to be the captain? And, and not show up, like, you know, not do your part. And I, I just kind of grew up a little bit and just balled out again. Like, did.
0: <laughs> Man, speak on, speak on you. Cause you said you was a catcher, you know, in in high school and, You know, as you spoke on not having the money, you know, like how how were you able to to become just like a good catcher, not going to lessons? Like like how how did you practice on your own just, you know, for for catching lessons and stuff like that?
1: So my sophomore year in high school, um, again, I would do volleyball season. OK. August through November, and then softball season started in January. So I had like about a month, a month gap to, to come into softball season and kind of just get all that rustiness out. And I remember as soon as softball season ended my sophomore year, my coaches, my high school coaches pulled me in and they were like, hey, because I, I played second base my freshman year. I had never caught before. Um, I had played every other position on the field except catcher at this point I'm 15 um, and and they go hey uh, I know it's your first day back but we wanted to talk to you as far as our options this year and the only the only spot we can put you in is catching like it's not that it's the only spot we can put you in because obviously you're a second baseman but, our senior catcher just graduated and we have nobody that can come in and play that position. And I was like, "Whoa, what about our sub varsity catcher? Like (laughs) she, she does a good job. They're like, well, yes, you know, but there's when you catch, you need a lot of experience of the game because you're calling all the shots, you know, Mm. and our sub varsity um, catcher had just started playing like three, four years ago. So her, her level of seeing the game was very different to mine. So that's kind of where that, that decision came from. And then they go, uh, nobody else will work as hard as you will for this month and be able to become as great as we need the catcher to be. Mm -hmm. And at this point I'm like, coach, but, but I, I, you know, I got all district and, and I was the all city second baseman, like really, now, now you're going to take that away from me? Like, how am I going to compete, you know? And um, he was like, Astro, like, you're the only person who can do this. Like, we need you to do this, and this is going to be your position. Yeah. And I was kind of like, all right. All right. <laughs> okay. Like, all right. So then the next day, finally, they're like, this is going to be your catching coach, Coach Hito. Um, he's he's still he still coaches there at obj. Uh, mind you, at this point I had already lost like five coaches in different sports. Uh, my head coach for volleyball no, she was actually still there. um three three of my volleyball coaches had already left. our head softball coach left. We had new coaches coming in so. I, I just remember I put the gear on and I didn't even know how to put it on. I kind of just learned from, from the other catchers. They were like, Oh, this is how you do it. And they showed me and I was like, Oh, okay. Thanks. And, um, he's like, this is what we're going to do. Da, da. Like he's, he's ripping me already. And we haven't even said like, hi tea, coachito kind of thing. <laughs> you know? And I just looked at him. I was like, look, if you're here to stay, I'm going to work hard. If you're not, Get me another coach that's here to stay and that's gonna work and put the work in with me. And he just like he went mute and he's like, oh, "I'm here to stay."
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then I put my mask on. I go, "All right, let's get to work." Good,
0: good.
1: And oh my gosh, it was hell. I was the only catcher. Like they're they're so focus. His sole focus was on me. So the amount of reps I would get. We're great, but my like we're block, jump up, block, pop up, block, pop up. Now thirty second catching holes and this and frame and now you have to do this and you have to take off your mask and turn around and get underneath the ball. All of these crazy things. And I was just a sponge at that point. I was like, I have I have one month to absorb all this knowledge. Not that I'm not going to keep getting it once we we get into season, but it changes because now you're working with team things and you don't have that much individual time. So in that one month, I mean, I would say I, I got a lot better. And then our first scrimmage came along and I had like a lot of missed balls, a lot of balls I didn't block. It was obviously very different. And I remember him yelling at me, you be a wall. I've always told you that for one month. I've been telling you to be a wall. And I'm like,
0: one month.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm 5D, weighing 120. What do you mean, be a wall? But in my head, I was like, oh, like every time the ball would get past me, I would be so upset. My pitcher was a senior. My sister, Corey, was a senior. So at this point, I'm like, I'm doing it for my sister third senior year if we don't have a good catcher this year is not going to be great like it's not going to be good and we were projected to be you know um an all-city team and so I'm like I'm not cutting it so I went home that day and I was like I sucked I was very honest with myself I was very true to myself like I sucked I had this many missed balls and the coaches would upload film and I'm like seeing and you know, again, being a student of the game. And I went back on Monday and I was like, coach, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but tell me, rip me, do whatever you have to do. I'm all in. I want to be the best catcher in this district. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, not that I wasn't already going hard, but I was more attentive, like, okay, now, now how does this pitcher pitch to me? And now let's do this and let's do that. And you know just more and more and more and i wanted to i wanted more i wanted to be better and so i i became eventually the the all-district catcher that year and we made it to the third round and and it just it was just like a, you kind of just wanted to do it for your team it wasn't even about me it wasn't even about any of that you know again it was my sister's senior year so her senior group i was very close to them obviously because of my sister It was more about that. It was more about the team, and they needed me. If not, if I didn't, if I wouldn't become as, as decent of a catcher, Mm I don't, I don't think things would have played out the same way that year. And, um, you know, it was another historic year for OBG softball, and, and that's kind of the transition that I, I went through, and so all of the gear I used was at school. At school, and sometimes I would be like, Coach, do you mind if I take it home? I mean, I'm bringing it back. We would take our equipment home all the time. Um, But my catching gear, I wouldn't take it home because it was so heavy. I already had, like, 10 different backpacks from being a student athlete. And being part, like, of the AP program and the GT program, all those other things, you know, that you do on the side.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: So there was just a lot of work into it. And... Really and truly, I think what helped me the most was at, at home was this, bo- this ball. It was like a, a not a softy, but it was a bouncy ball, the ones you throw in the pitching machine. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: the, those kinds of, I forgot what they're called. But those balls, and I would throw it at a wall and I would get super close and I would just react, throw and react, throw and react. And I would frame and I would frame and I would frame and I would frame. And I would frame, and I would frame. And then I would throw it over here, and the outside, the outside, the outside. And then um, I, I, at school, we had a rice bucket for our forearms. So I learned that my forearms were very weak that year. So I made my own rice bucket at, at home. And I would, you know, rice and rice and rice and kind of just do little drills for my forearms. Um, and, I mean, things just kind of played out. And we we bought out <laughs> nice. again, that's I guess that's my my little finisher at the end of everything like you at the end of the day, you just have to ball out you you have to go all out and you know the things will come the, mm-hmm. the things will come, you know If you put in the work, it's gonna pay off.
0: Oh, yep, yeah. you're right that's and that's the thing with that a lot of young kids have to. Have to understand, like you're not gonna just get good overnight. Like you have right. to put in that extra work. It would be. But now, yes. what what's something you would have done in high school, or, I mean, just on your own, and for that would have made you a better college softball player? Mm. What could I have done in high school that would have
1: made me a better? Softball? Maybe kind of just look into like what what schools drive you what athletes drive you to be like to be better you know so now that now that I'm on not playing softball, I'm like, oh my gosh, sis Bates from Washington, I want to be just like her you know and yes, I had a couple of softball players, but I wasn't invested on that, and I think sometimes having somebody to to look up to and it's you you learn a lot from seeing you know and i i I tell my kids now as a coach like hey there's a volleyball game going on try to watch it it's on so and so and even like this past this past weekend two weekends ago lsu basketball played and i my kids were on our way to a tournament i just told them watch this game learn a thing or two from these division one athletes they're there for a reason Right. And yep. and one of them replied and she was like, Coach, number ten, like she's she's so intense. Like she's she's super into it. And I'm like, Yeah, Angel Reese, like you're right, Angel Reese is super into it. And yeah, she has her little trash talks and she has this and that, her her own little style, but that that caught her eye. You know, and so then we're we're playing in that game and she's like, Let's go, like, come on, you have to be all in and she she spoke differently at that tournament. And I don't know, I don't know if she saw it from you know Angel Reese or where or, or it sparked from, but she pointed that out to me when we were we were off of the court. She pointed that out to me, and I was just kind of like, you know, you can you can always learn a thing or two from somebody else.
0: Oh yeah. I would
1: say stay open minded. Don't think you're you know it all. Because you know, somebody's gonna you get to that college level, and again you hit that point where it's like, damn. <laughs> I didn't know this and I didn't know a backdoor curve existed to this day. I was like, what the hell? Backdoor curve. I knew <laughs> curve and screw. What do you mean a backdoor curve? But, you know, I would just say be a sponge, be more of a sponge um, and absorb every little thing you, you hear from your coaches. Um Be. Hmm. What's the word? I'm trying to see. Be coachable. That's that's the word. Be very coachable. Mm-hmm. Not that I wasn't, but you know, be coachable. And I think lastly, one one thing I would do differently would probably be to play to do, I think to do track. To do track, to become more explosive, to learn, you know, those fast twitches and those slow twitches and the difference between Jumping off, I think jumping off of that that little ramp that they have could have helped me jump off of the bag a little faster or just be a little quicker with that. Um, So if I had to do things anything differently, I think I would run track. However, it's during season. So it's kind of just hard. Mm
0: -hmm. Lift
1: lift a little more. um, Lift a little more, you know, get stronger before... You get to college because it's definitely again a rude awakening once you get there and other other girls who have like strength and conditioning programs at their at their high schools come out here and show you out because they're the knowledge they have is different to the one you have
0: Mm -hmm. like how like how was the like you know once you got to college you know being from laredo and then you get these girls from all from different places like, how was the, you know, the practices? They Were they very intense, you know, because you got, you trying to beat out each person, y'all friends, but at the end of the day, you trying to start, right? So, mm-hmm. like, how, mm-hmm. how intense were the practices?
1: Yeah, that, those first couple months, I would say it was, like, super intense. I mean, I went with my teammate, Shaseed. We both um, went into the, the, the program together and then um, some, of, some of the girls from South played with, with us, you know, early on. And there's these other girls from United and from Alexander, you know, we all played together in outside ball. And now, we're, like you said, we're all competing for the same positions. You know, there's only nine. Um, at the end of the day, at, in college, if you can hit, they're going to find you a position kind of thing. It, it goes a little bit more off of that. So um, it, it was very intense for sure. And then I have Houston girls and I have um, Del Rio and I have San Antonio, all these, all these girls from different backgrounds, you know, you have no idea who they are or what they're capable of, you know, to get a position. So um, it, it was very intense those first couple of months. And then you kind of just started to see you know who goes into the college life and kind of just starts parting it up, and, and softball just becomes like whatever. And then there's those that are like, you know what, I'm I'm taking care of my academics, not not truly caring about softball. And then there's those that are still competing. Like I'm still between nine and ten. I'm still between ten and eleven. That means I can get to nine eventually, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yeah, it gets very competitive, but I think if, if you stay true to who you are, I don't, I don't see, I mean, I never lost a friendship over it. Um, I think, you know, those teammates who, who played with me growing up and, and didn't, didn't see the field as much as I did were very supportive. And, you know, they kind of would tell me like, dude, you're messing up. or Like, dude, you're doing this. And I was never the type of person to be like, dude, you're not even playing. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, because again, you can learn so much from watching. So they're seeing it as an outsider. You know, mm-hmm. I would just kind of go back and be like, dude, what am I doing wrong? And like, I'm not seeing the ball. She's like, and, you know, it was just constant feedback between me and those teammates and the teammates on the field. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was very intense until it kind of just mellows down. People accept their roles and everybody, you know, once they kind of just have a set lineup. Things, things aren't as intense, but they get intense when you start messing up or when that batting average goes down because changes need to come. At the end of the day, the coaches are trying mm-hmm. to
0: win. Yeah, they're you know?
1: sure. um, not gonna feel any any pity towards anyone. They're they're trying to win. Uh
0: huh. All right, let's let's jump into the your your coaching career. Um, how did you get into <laughs> coaching volleyball?
1: um again well I played it for four years in high school um and then I kind of just shied away from it I would just play like kind of like open gym kind of style um during college and um during my time at Eastern we were actually playing an open gym and the softball coach was like are you coming back next year their season was already was about to be over and I was just like um yeah she's like well we're looking for a setter I saw your hands you move great laterally and you do this and you do that would you consider coming to try it out? And I was just like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, I was obviously going to talk to my softball coach about it and all those scholarships and all that stuff that, that goes through it. But then again, COVID came, never, never got back to it. And then after COVID, um, Coach Mendoza, he's the um, CEO of Laredo Juniors. He reached out and he's like, Hey, I know you're going into teaching and coaching Um would you be interested in in coaching club for us? He goes, you wouldn't have your own team because it is your first year. There's a lot, a lot of things that, you know, you need to learn. But I think it would be good for you to come and be an assistant. You know, and we discussed pay and we discussed all of that. And, um, I mean, I was in my last two semesters of school. So I was like, yes, for sure, I'm, I'm there. When do I start or what's up? He caught me in the summer and we didn't start to January, so um, I kind of saw it as my my second job. And once I once we got our teams, he goes, "You you got a national team, so that means you know like your your team is trying to go to nationals." At the time, I had no idea what that meant, <laughs> and then um, I, I finally understood club, and I was like, "Oh, okay, so there's qualifiers and." From there you go here, and from there you do this, um, and so my my first year I was coaching under Coach Coach Gabriel. We had the thirteenth the thirteenth team, and I mean it was a great experience all the way around. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, we we went to Vegas actually that year. We won that tournament, and we qualified for nationals. So then they were like, relax, it's your first year and you make it to nationals. And I was like, I didn't understand how big that was yet. And I was like, well, yeah, we made it to nationals. They're like, dude, not, not a lot of coaches. Like there's been coaches that have been coaching club for years now and they've never made it to nationals. It was you're an assistant, right? But like that you still did that. Like you and Coach Gavirio did that. And I was like, oh, OK, like that's cool. So now I, I started looking, getting to understand it more. Once I got to nationals, I realized how big of a thing this is. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw, like, six foot four 13-year-olds Gosh. playing it out, like, playing it out. It was crazy. Like, Division I scouts were there and stuff, seeing these girls play. I was like, wow, like, this is this is intense, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and, and that's kind of what gave me that start. I mean, I would do a lot of privates. You know, I, I got to do a couple privates for Dez and stuff mm-hmm. um, and a bunch of other Southside girls and my little sister and her teammates and just people that wanted to learn more. I, I did those privates before, but I had never gotten I had never had the chance to coach a team fully, fully coach a team until it was there in club. Um, and that's. That's where you know I started. I guess my my volleyball coaching career.
0: Mm -hmm. And and. I'm sorry. What age group do you coach?
1: Right now, I have in club. I this year I have the elevenths. That year I had thirteen, so they were they were seventh graders.
0: Okay, okay, Mm -hmm. and like, how is it? You know, knowing you know you you're on the younger side. Like, do you have trouble? discipline the kids or you know I I know some kid every kid is different right so some do certain things some you know do they give you a hard time that's what I'm trying to get at being Um, knowing like that you are a younger person
1: yeah I wouldn't know I honestly have never had trouble with any of my athletes Mm -hmm. um I I think when when you set the expectation and and you're very clear and very firm with it, you know, they, they know, all right, coach means business kind of thing. And and uh, I think early on, I'm very like that, but I also like to build bonds with them and build that relationship with them where they don't feel scared or intimidated. I don't want them to feel scared of me. I don't want them to be intimidated. Like, oh, I can't go to coach and talk to her about anything, you know, besides volleyball stuff. I, I don't want that for my athletes ever. Um, but I think at first, you know, I have to set the tone and kind of let them know where I'm at and where I'm trying to get them throughout their season with me. And then slowly and like as time goes, you know, we, we build those relationships and, and you let them have that fun. But there's a time and a place. There's a time and a place for all of that. And um, even at the high school, you know, those girls are older than my 13s and years. Yes, we're back.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, it was about at the part about um, you was talking about how you, you know, set your – how you let them know, you know, how you – your coaching style and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, um, like I said, you kind of just set the tone early on and you shouldn't really have a problem with the kids and them just understanding like, okay, coach means business, we're here to work. And then obviously you always have to incorporate a little bit of fun. I don't. I don't ever treat my my athletes like no. This is no place to have fun. You know, we always try to have a little bit of fun. And however, when when I need you to get going, they know. They know when it's like, all right, we we already did a little fun drill, but now, you know, let's let's get back to work. And even when we do incorporate fun drills. And- but I don't want you messing around. Mm-mm. It's when you messing around and, um, and doing, not doing things right versus having fun and doing things right.
0: Right. Right. So, um, like when y'all going into a, a big game, what's a good, uh, pep talk like that you give them. Um, I think, I think
1: um couple it's you no know, I was telling them like the knowledge we have it we have a game plan if we stick to it if you buy in you come out here and you play your best like there's no better team there's no better team for me with these whether I have 10 whether I have 14 you know because at the high school I had 14 and right now with my club team, I have 10 girls. I'm like, I will go to any battle with these 10 girls. I will go to battle mm-hmm. with these 10 girls. And they're like, coach, like, you really prefer me over that six foot one. And I'm like, yes, I really do. I really do. You know, and and I, I I mean it. Obviously, who what coach doesn't want a six foot one volleyball player, you know, but um, there's nothing like those relationships you build and and them, knowing that their coach believes in them that much, I think set really sets a tone for the game. They come out here and they they have that confidence, you know? And and anything I talk to them about before a big game is always like, I mean, honestly, every game to me is big, so I, I talk to them the same way every time. I never walk into a game and I'm like, all right, today's kind of go, go, going to be an easy game. Um, you know, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. No, it's never like that. so always like the same warm up. You know, uh, unless we have to make changes. But I, I talk to them like today's the next most important match. And sometimes they're worried about the rivalry match. And I'm like, um, we still have so and so next, and we have this game next, and we have this game next. There's no business or there's no need for you to be worrying about a match that's set up for a week and a half.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Kind of <laughs> like. You know, you, you bring them back to that level of every opponent can come out and play. Because you never know. Some some people will come. Some teams that sometimes, you know, on paper shouldn't compete will come out and play and show mm-hmm. out. You know, so I, I I treat every game the same. And I give every game the same amount of importance.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. What's some... Um... Um, good advice that you you would give the, a young athlete um, getting ready to go into their freshman year of college.
1: Into their freshman year of college, um, it goes back to being open minded, stay coachable. Um, you're gonna go through a lot, especially being a college student. I think it's it's one of the very one of the toughest times, um, especially if you're away from family if you leave home, however, don't be scared to do anything. Don't be scared, don't be scared to take that risk. Don't be scared to go to that college. Don't be scared to move out of state, move out of town. And if you're scared, do it scared. If you're scared, do it scared because so much more will come out of you taking that risk, whether you learn from it and it's a mistake or you learn from it, and it's a successful thing you did, you learned. Mm -hmm. You learned something. So go out there and, I mean, play hard. You know, stay passionate. Stay passionate. Stay true. True to yourself. You know, because a lot of things can change, especially in college. Stay true to yourself and um, stay true to what you know.
0: Okay. Okay. And uh, the final question I have is, who would you like to hear on the podcast? And the, but the answer, you have to help me get your answer on the podcast,
1: and and help me get an answer on the podcast
0: on the podcast. Yeah. So the um, who would you like to hear on the podcast? But your answer, you would have to help me get them on the podcast.
1: I would have to help you get.
0: yeah so it has to be somebody that you know
1: (laughs) okay um ooh I would say this is all softball related or Um, is it just sports talk
0: yeah it's sports talk it can be any sport it don't have to be softball I actually need to get kind of get out of the softball a little bit a little bit not much just a little bit (laughs)
1: Okay. Is there anything in particular you're looking for, like coaches or um, student athletes at the time, or athletes Either. that just graduated but are still in school?
0: Yeah, or- it, it don't it doesn't matter. It just you know, coaches is good. I mean, if you have a couple, cause also student athletes, it will help a lot because I have a few requests for the athletes.
1: Yeah, um, oh, I mean, I still, I still have a lot of f- friends playing um, collegiately, some in Arizona. I have two friends that went D1. I think I, I would say them, not because they're D1, but because their experience was very different to mine, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, they both left, left town to go play college ball since their freshman year, and they've been at it till today, so I would say, um, Roxy, Roxy Segura, and Deja Tapia. Sure, okay. Roxy, Roxy's from here, from Laredo, Texas, and Deja's from San Antonio.
0: Okay, okay. So, I mean, you can shoot them a message, and you can even send me their contact information, and I'll send them a message too.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Okay, I want to thank, thank you for your time. You know, it's pretty busy, so glad you was able to yeah. get the podcast right
1: busy schedule for sure. But no, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm glad I'm glad we could make this work. Um you you made me relive some moments, some some great moments. <laughs> and some not so great freshman years. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you again for for having me and um talking softball. I mean I can talk softball all day.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's me too. I'm getting to that point. Well that's yeah, all so i
1: and it doesn't stop. You know, I stopped playing, and I I still catch myself talking to coaches. And I'm like, dude, this, this, and that. Like, let's go and have dinner and talk talk about it. Like, let's go talk softball. And then, dude, you've been out of the game for so long. Why aren't you coaching it?
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: um, yeah. yeah, it's def- definitely nice to, to talk about it a little bit.
0: Okay. All right. I'll let you go.
1: All right. Thank you so much. Uh, have a good night.
0: All right. You too thank my boy Mike Estrada for getting the logo right. So, all my small business owners, if y'all need some logos, y'all hit up my boy Mike, man. I'll let my boy Thomas. He's still out here getting them kids right. So, y'all speed and agility. Y'all need to hit him up. He got some quality work. My boy Jeremy with the tent. Go follow his page on Facebook, GTZ Window Tent, and, and hit him up. May y'all get them appointments in. Levi's reach some more. Let the wife get them doors looking good. I know them doors might be naked, so go ahead and let her get y'all right. Levi's Mobile Detailing, just a call away from getting them cars to looking brand new again. So y'all hit us up, and we ready to get some work in, all of us.